Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Now stop beating your gums and sound the attack. All right, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the We Got the Chocolates podcast. It is episode 35 this week. Uh, I'm joined with Mitch and Haz, uh, but they're not, well, I'm probably joined by them rather than with them. Um, no conjoined twins, thank you, or triplets in this case. Yep. Uh, boys, you actually don't feature heavily on this particular episode, do you? But, um, but it's a very exciting yeah. one. Uh, we have been trying for a while, and we've managed to get hold of Manus Labashane. Now, it was dubbed the summer of Marnus, really. It was a very exciting summer. But, uh, but Mitch, we've actually had Marnus on the podcast before, haven't we? We have, yeah. We've had him on before, I think, on episode five or something very early doors, long before we sort of had any idea what we were doing. Um, so I don't know if we really gave him any great introduction or anything like that. So I figured I'd have a crack at it here, if that's all right with everyone. He was born in Clerksdorp, South Africa, I believe, and moved over with his family at age 10. He then represented Queensland at the under 12s, 15s, 17 and 19s level, which is pretty handy, before making his Sheffield Shield debut in 2014. He made his List A debut representing Queensland at a one-day level in 2015 and has gone on to win Player of the Tournament in that format in 2016 and 19. He made his Big Bash debut for the Brisbane Heat in 2016. He then played a season of county cricket for Glamorgan last, season, last, last year, I believe. Yeah, that was when we um, interviewed him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, averaging 62 with the bat over there. And while he was there, obviously made his We Got the Chocolates debut um, and gained his Friends, friends of the Show status, yeah, the which is status, yeah, come probably, on. probably the most important accolade it's thus far. Highly sought after. Yeah, but then he has since gone on to cement his spot as the number three batsman for Australia in Test cricket, where he made, obviously, millions of runs <laughs> over the summer but I'm sure we'll detail that in the interview um, and then obviously even has picked up a few handy wickets with the ball in hand and he's then since gone over to India and made his ODI debut where he now averages 50 at a strike rate of 90 so plenty, plenty to talk about pretty impressive impressive numbers there I'm sure I've missed a little bit given he's been around for 25 years and that went for 45 seconds but hopefully that's given a little background onto the big man absolutely very right. impressive and uh, he's got plenty more accolades there that we'll, we'll mention and these are my first words of the episode so hey guys oh, yeah. and hey, uh, yeah, hi to all the listeners out there it's, uh, it's good to be back and, you probably um, should have jumped in earlier there has yeah well I didn't get an opportunity yeah, but tough to get a word so on with you like space, uh. <laughs> um, now Marnus is a very hard man to get hold of nowadays especially since 
since becoming an international cricketer and he reached out the other day uh, but the only problem was that myself and uh, Mitch here were both occupied doing other things and um, and at the time we couldn't couldn't make it so uh, as you'll find out as you listen to this episode it's just in fact Lee who is uh, chatting to Lone minus Ranger. one on one it's full Howie game style just 1v1 yeah, um, which was interesting yeah, it's like you're trying to like split from us like a, a band yeah, yeah it is it's like a solo <laughs> as I've gone, gone full solo career. Career. So, yeah exactly I've gone lead singer of Queen I would have liked to have used his name but I've just forgotten momentarily Freddie Mercury yeah. you're welcome obviously thanks Ken. Uh, it does if you are listening to this and you're wondering why I can appear so chummy with my so I think it's probably worth noting that we are actually mates uh, and have been for probably a reasonable amount of time, which is why the interview probably works in that fashion. Uh, I guess I first mes- met Marnus when he were, we were uh, both playing at Redlands Cricket Club, uh, where he was a 14-year-old kid, and he, uh, he was uh, bowling leggies in fifth grade and was producing the most amount of carry-on I've ever seen on a cricket field. Um, and it's yeah, it's sort of this exuberance, I guess, and genuine love for the game that he still displays now, 11 years later, at the highest level, as we've seen this summer. Marnus constantly looks for ways to evolve and get better as a cricketer, which is one of the things, I guess, that continues to make him so successful. Uh, however, he's also able to stay so consistent in his personality, regardless of the lofty heights his career goes to. He loves his family, loves his friends, and loves being at home in Queensland. Uh, it is these two things, I think, that will, uh, that will make him very exciting to watch over the next few years. Um, I guess I enjoyed this chat with him because I've seen his trials and tribulations and I got to ask him about that. I've seen him be contracted for Queensland and then lose his contract, seen him be selected for Australia and then drop from Australia. I've seen him eat 12 Easter bunnies in a day and then be told by his batting coach that he uh, wasn't allowed to eat sugar (laughs) at all the next day. Um, But with each setback, his resolve becomes stronger and stronger and it's obviously so pleasing to see where he is now. He's the ideal role model, I think, for young kids across the full gamut of sports. He's hardworking, genuine and truly authentic at every possible moment. So please do enjoy our chat, or my chat, <laughs> with Marnus Lavashane. Oh, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm very fortunate enough today to be uh, sitting with probably a guest that actually needs no introduction, so we'll just get straight into it. But, um, but no, seriously, I guess, uh, just to rattle off a couple of statistical achievements to you, Marnus, um, it's probably quite awkward just reading them to you because you're probably aware of them already knowing your personality but 896 runs scored across the test summer taking your average to 63.43 in test matches 400s and 850s you've now racked up since our last chat Uh, you were named in the ICC test team of the year and named as ICC men's emerging cricketer of the year and uh, also made your one day international in India and uh, scored a 50 in one of your two innings there and you're about to leave and depart the country again to go and play some more one day cricket Um, mate How's that all been? Thank you very much for uh, for joining me, by the way. It's great to chat to you as per usual and just slightly different with microphones in front of us, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's been an amazing summer. Um, you're probably wrong. I don't know all those stats 100%. Some of them I definitely, you know, sort of sort of know about. But, yeah, no, definitely, um, you know, for me personally, it's been a, an amazing summer and, and the way um, I've sort of been able to transform in the last year has been has been well, really amazing how it's all unfolded. Um, and more importantly, though, you know, the, the team itself um, winning 5-0, winning the Ashes, we've got a lot of momentum um, as a test team. And, and um, you know, we've obviously shown snippets of that in the, in the one-day tournament we played in India um, where we lost 2-1. Two, two so, mm. uh, but it's very exciting, um, you know, the way things have sort of unfolded. Um, but, you know, the challenge for me is to, to keep going. 
Yeah, absolutely. Most certainly. No, well, it's true. Actually, good. Last time, Manus, you actually were on the fifth episode of the We Got the Chocolates podcast. I'm going to let you know. So that was when there weren't many listeners whatsoever. So it's, um, you know, and probably a lot has changed, I guess, since then. Uh, you were sort of on the, when we were talking to you, you were on the cusp of sort of finding out what that first Ashes team was going to be. You didn't actually know yet. Um, you know, and, and really what has happened since then, I guess, has been completely unbelievable. I mean, 34 episodes now we're up to. Um, onto the onto the thirty fifth, so that'll be you. That's that's pretty unbelievable by itself. And then we've also got to throw in just you know what you've achieved. So I guess probably when I look at it, I uh, I can see that maybe it's difficult to point out one particular thing that might have been the catalyst for your success. But I definitely do look back to that interview and sort of think it's got to be some credit there for the chocks. I think yeah, plenty of credit there for the chocks. You know that that, that eventful chat we had in. Uh in a hotel room in, was it, North Hands? Yeah, that's where you were, yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot of credit has to go there because since then I've um, I've been in some nice form. <laughs> you certainly have, that is for sure. Um, and Manus, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, this is slightly, uh, slightly awkward for me to ask, but uh, I actually wrote you a song. Um, I'm unsure if you've heard of it, but it, uh, it sounds a little, a little something like this. He's sure. Tell people that he knows it about <laughs> They're saying who is this modest guy yeah. Oh this wicked is not a good track But he might be Steve Smith in disguise <laughs> I probably won't play the whole song for you But, um, but yeah that, that was uh, That's how I generally have spent my sort of free time Since obviously your, your rise to success um, Can I get any, uh, any feedback on that? Is that one that you'd probably add to your playlist Your country playlist? <laughs> yeah Look very, very good song um, yeah, Probably very accurate Very accurate uh, <laughs> You know, my strengths just <laughs> don't buy outside off because I won't score a run. <laughs> uh, I think if you look at my stats this year through cover, it's uh, it's probably about four runs. You can count them on one hand. Yeah, but you've uh, you've definitely got yourself uh, got yourself plenty off the legs, off the tyres, that's for sure. So the song is, the song is statistically backed up. You've heard that here first. <laughs> um, now, man, we've actually spoken to a few cricketers uh, over over our podcasting journey, and uh, one thing that you'll probably know the people that I'm going to ask you about. Is we, we spoke to Matt Renshaw, and he takes his bowling very serious. I'm not sure that you rate it as highly as what he does, but uh, he named for us a. a 11 of players that he has got out you were actually in that um you were added to his 11 i think you were batting at three which is nice at least you've put you in a decent batting position i just wanted to ask do you take your bowling that seriously or are you sort of because you're more than part-time are you you've taken too many wickets surely to have an 11 um yeah look Firstly, with that dismissal, um, <laughs> umpiring was questionable. <laughs> he did say um, that you said I'll, that. I'll take, I'll take it through, the dismissal. Yeah, please. Yes, please. Matt Renshaw, off spin, at Redlands on a wicket, no spin, mm. bowling from around the wicket. I've opted for a reverse sweep <laughs> from around, so he's around the wicket, reverse sweep. Yep. And it's hit me on the full. Sorry, no, it's bounced just before it's hit me. And it probably hit me in front of maybe middle and middle and middle. Yeah. Probably say middle. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've seen Matt Renshaw bowl, but um, his <laughs> arm height isn't quite up and over like Nathan Lyons. It's a bit more round arm. Very, very from below the fence. Yep. So round arm. So mathematically, um, that angle would say it's not hitting the stumps. That's um, but obviously I had to go and I, and I got off the ground um, as quick as I usually do. So, so uh, it took about five minutes. <laughs> you were um, still there two weeks later. Yeah, exactly. Yep. 
Um, do I take my bowling? Oh, I mean, obviously, I take my bowling seriously, but yeah. I kind of know the context you're asking. In yeah, you're asking if yeah. it's um, because like Renner seems like yeah. he's like part time. So then people that he gets out to, like people that he gets out, is almost yeah. more rare. Whereas you're yeah. someone that actually bowls a lot. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't say I've got a. You know, there's definitely some people that are that wickets that I've got that I've really gone. Geez, that's a nice wicket. Yeah. Like you know, nice people to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, I probably don't. Probably not as much as Matt. Um, with the amount of carry on with yeah 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 eleven you're uh, yeah you're you you're know. not picking opening bowlers and tend to nah. go into a selection meeting to pick yours no nah, but we to be fair we've had plenty of conversations about it mm. over obviously playing together and, and talking about you know wickets that we've got so yeah very fair very fair I understand that um, now man look I don't like to ask questions that you've answered a million times before obviously uh, <laughs> since since we have spoken about the fact that you uh, have sort of become quite successful in your uh, in your batting arena um, I've noticed that we we are getting used to seeing a lot more of your mug on TV that's for sure um, but I just have to ask like <laughs> that Ashes series it just it just baffles me still like I obviously know you well and have spoken to you about it but just for people out there I just feel like they would be intrigued by you know you were actually left out of that first test Australia win convincingly um, and then second innings uh, of the second test match, you essentially enter in bizarre circumstances as sort of the the first ever concussion sub ever, uh, never been done before. And I, I just sort of wonder, like, is there anything that can brace you for that? Like, is there like a spe- do you get a speech that goes, "Hey, man, um, you're obviously not on the team, but just if someone gets littered, just get ready to bat." Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting question. I, I you know this is going to sound a bit snuffy, but the other day I was really itching like. like I watched and played in that series as a um, as a player, so I didn't actually get the opportunity to to experience it from a like you know a cricket watcher, which you know I am. I love watching the game, so I actually sat here the other day and and flicked it on, went through you know a few, watched the first game, and then watched the second game, and um, that's all I got to till <laughs> Beck was like, "Nah, we're not, that's, <laughs> that's, that's enough, that's enough that. cricket." Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's actually um, you know amazing watching that. Like even those first two tests, just watching it as a viewer, it, it's an amazing sort of spectacle on how it's all sort of evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, does anything prepare you? Well, I mean, if anything could prepare you well, is if Mitchell Stark, James Pattinson, and Michael Nisa are not playing, <laughs> yeah. and they're the guys you're facing in the nets. Yeah, that's um, true. So I mean. And obviously those guys are the guys that they want to be playing. So, you know, there's no net sessions that are, you know, guys are running in feeling a little bit like, oh, I'll just, you know, nah, float so no a few down. So no one's serving out half of these make nah, you feel good. No, nah, no, nah, you know, Pato sprayed me in the nets a few times <laughs> in the nets. And, you know, obviously I love that, you know, we're getting in the contest and it's great. Um, even the morning before I actually played, so I don't actually know, I went to the ground um, sort of not knowing, but, you know, I had a feeling that, you know, if... Steve was unavailable that I might be the yep. the 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 choice mate. obviously just because we're sort of similar you know I bowl leg spin mm. um you know I, I bat sort of top middle order and um you know if an opportunity came that that it might be a straight swap yeah um obviously with day five as well and the other batter Marcus Harris is a left-hander so the rough for the left-hander on day five. Yeah, true. So, so there's a few elements there that you know that that probably came about um, with with that. And then you know, obviously, you you sort of nothing can prepare you. Obviously, even you know when I was fielding on the morning of day five for the team, and I was at second slip, and you know, 
nothing really prepared me until I crossed the line and, you know, I walked through the long room and, you know, people are kind of like clapping, they're like, who the heck is this? Because the people <laughs> didn't even know. People no. didn't even know that. So they're, they're expecting to see Steve yeah, Smith and now you come. And now yeah. I come, which is... <laughs> probably a heavy heavy disappointment um in the form that he was in you know um well maybe not for the crowd and maybe they were excited because you know they thought the the english contingent army would have been happy um yeah so from there it's you know you get out there and from there everything's sort of autopilot you get out there you know there's a lot of noises pressure but you know you're sort of in your own headspace and you're you're sort of just trying to watch the ball obviously at lord's Seeing conditions aren't great because mm. people sit right behind the side screen. Yeah, so traditionalist, right. there's no side screen protecting you. So, um, and those that watch the game know that you certainly didn't see the first one overly well. Did oh, you? second one, Was second, second one. Yeah, so second, first yeah. ball I think I played missed, just <laughs> so, went down the yeah. slope off Archer, and then yeah. the next one smacked me right in the face. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and and then from there, I mean, whenever you get a hit, and and I know you obviously, you know, our first grade captain, and and you've played many games before and, and as soon as you get hit you almost become ultra alert yeah you know as a as a as a player you all of a sudden you're like wow you know i'm focused i'm i'm ready to go i'm and you're almost watching the ball a bit harder that there's n- there's no real thought process anymore it's just like instinct because you know he's bowling 90 what is it 94 96 yeah, miles an hour so there's no real thought process about how we're going about it it's just like right now you just back yeah. Just trust what you've done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's probably got me to 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 that sort of through that game. Mm. No, it's amazing. It is it is an amazing story, that's for sure. And yeah, um, obviously a lot's actually been made in the media. We talk about your time in the media. A lot's a lot's been made about your uh, your relationship with Steve Smith. That's been very highly romanticised. It's sort of been like the new bachelor for this season, really. <laughs> um, but I, I guess I uh, this might shock you to know, but I was never like quite as cool as I am now um, <laughs> when I was sort of in school and stuff. So I'm just sort of thinking back to how I made friends uh, when I was a young fella, and I just wonder, like, for you <laughs> going into that team. Uh, that's quite well set up, you'd say. Pretty, you know, a lot of the guys have been there for a long period of time. Is there any sort of nerves in terms of uh, getting yourself to introduce, getting the courage to just walk over and go, "Hey, Steve"? Uh, and and at which point did you sort of work out? Well, we both like coffees and we both like batting in the net, so we're probably going to get along pretty well. Because um, there's some good story behind. Um, so obviously, I met Steve and and Dave Warner. Before, because obviously you play shield cricket, so yeah. I'm playing against them, and we're um, so I met him before uh, twice. I think we played one game at the Gabba against him, and then we played one game um, at Albion where I played against him, and and obviously the latest game we played at the start of this year. Um, so I met him there, but I obviously didn't know him from a bar of soap. I yeah. mean, we didn't we didn't speak really. I mean, we had conversation. Um, but, I mean, the first sort of time I, I met him, and obviously, you know, Steve's a, a pretty major figure in cricket um, for, yeah. for probably the last five, six years, you know, what he's achieved is amazing. So, you know, I'm also a little bit excited, you know, when I rock up at, uh, where are we, um, at Southampton uh, for, that, for that sort of, that showdown, as they say, yeah. um, the showdown match. So I rock up, obviously played at Glamorgan for a bit, I rock up for the showdown match and, and everyone's there. And, um, you know, obviously I find out that Steve's not my side, <laughs> which, you know, obviously um, we did a proper selection, like a schoolyard pick. It's like a proper draft. Yeah, schoolyard pick. Yeah. So, um, 
Did you, you know, go high on the draft? Or um, you don't want to be look, I think I think the draft was slightly rigged. Okay. So they had like certain players couldn't be paired up. Yeah. yeah. So I think like, um, you know, like the yeah certain players couldn't be paired up. They wanted like some of the, so for example, Tim Payne and Nathan Lyon had to be in the same side. Yeah. Okay. Fair. So and Tim could keep. There, yeah. yeah. And and likewise, see so Dave Warner, Dave Warner and Marcus Harris was on one side and. Joe Burns and Cameron Bancroft was on the other side, so opening combinations. So, yeah, um, yeah and then from there, you know, it, yeah, I, I got an opportunity, didn't really speak much then, especially because it was a bit more segregated as team practice and in warm-up, and um, there was a little bit of talk there. Um, and it was probably only when the, um, the, the, the sort of series started that I really got to like know him and we got to spend a bit more time together. And then obviously when I became a little bit more part of the team, obviously mm. it's a little bit different when you're sort of 12th man, you're running drinks and, you know, being 12th man for Steve Smith is probably a tougher gig than playing. <laughs> you know, he, he changes gloves and I don't know if you've noticed, but he always changes gloves on the fifth ball the over. Yeah. So never, he won't, he won't signal it earlier. Yeah. So like fifth ball the over, and you're, it's about 13, 15 minutes, you know, around about there. It's like yeah. a glove change. Yeah. Sometimes. Depends how good his gloves are. Um, and so, you know, fifth ball, the over, glove change. And so first test, you know, I, I, you did a fair few of those because he got 100 in both games, yeah. uh, both innings. Um, and, and he was amazing. And then obviously when I became a part of the, the um, yeah, part of the squad, um, you know, a little bit more part of the team. Then it became a little bit more like, right, I, you know, got to know him. And then that sort of just flowed on. And mm. um, as we spent more time in the middle, we spent more time off the field and we got to know each other. And obviously, you know, both our love for batting and, and, and our love for, for coffee, a pretty good mix. You know, yeah. you, can, you, can, you can drink a lot of coffee and talk about a lot <laughs> of batting. Um, but, you know, it wasn't just those conversations about cricket. It was, it, it was conversations outside of cricket and, and stuff like that, which has, um, you know, really probably grown our yeah. friendship. No, that's fantastic. And uh, I, was, I was just going to say that I've actually played a game with Mitch Swepson before, who you obviously know very well, and he was talking about when he 12th man for Steve Smith and he said it was literally harder than playing. He said it was the most switched on, like the most mentally draining task that he's ever had to do. And is it true? Obviously, this isn't the Steve Smith episode, but is it true that there's some gloves that he won't use on a particular day, like based on just how they feel or whether they're sweaty? Swepo would say like, oh, you can bring me any gloves except for these three numbers. Yeah, uh, like I, th I think for the Ashes series, it was uh, like only 30s. So like 30 plus. Yeah gloves um and i think it's obviously more just about wearing out and and how his gloves wear out in the nets and training i mean obviously he's got gloves that he wears in the game but yeah he, he goes through gloves and it, it was stressful i remember the first five days of the the test the test the first test and the first four days of the second test i mean you're sitting on the bench and you're like watching you're alert you're like oh every ball you're like engaged because you're watching every ball you know yeah. if he's calling for gloves or yeah, whatever so yeah, you need to be ultra alert um, if he's uh, <laughs> if he's <funny>. batting. <laughs> oh, that's class. Um, he's obviously a modern day great man. Who were your cricketing idols as you grew up? Who, does, who were the people that sort of inspired <laughs> you to be as good as you as you are now? I guess and continue to inspire you potentially. Um, yeah, obviously, growing up, you know, probably for the first ten years of my life in South Africa, there there was a lot of you know guys like Jack Callis and. Um, 
and Sean Pollock and those sort of guys that I, that I looked up to because, you know, they were obviously well, they're great players in their own right. doesn't matter what country they're from. Um, and then obviously when I came over here, that you know, the likes of Ricky Ponning was obviously a star, you know, like the classics, Ricky Ponning, Damian Martin, oh, Matthew Hayden, you know, I mean, and I said this the other day to someone, I was like, I mean, the, the amount of greats that were in that era is just, is unfathomable. Mm. You know, like, yeah, Punner, you had Damien Martin, you had Michael Hussey. Yeah. You know, those guys, they're, they're great role models to look up to. Um, so, yeah, probably initially, you know, like the likes of Jack Callish from Pollock and then obviously uh, later into my group when I was probably a little bit older, you know, the likes of Ponting, Martin, yeah. Hussey, those sort of guys. And uh, does your coach ever get angry that you don't sort of mention him in the same breath as uh, as those other guys that you've <laughs> that you've mentioned there? Well, and, and JL, obviously, um, you know, uh, obviously Justin Langer was was a great, um, but yeah, look, um, I've heard a rumor that he wasn't particularly happy that when you were initially asked that question that you mentioned South African players <laughs> that he wins that he was more keen on you having Australian cricketers as your idols. Is there any truth to that? No, there is no truth. Uh, they did play a gag, a gag on me at one stage, um, trying to stitch me up about that. So that was that was good fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the other day I, I got asked to name a sort of post 2000s oh, all 11. time yeah, yeah 11 geez, that was a tough game. It, it's a tough, a tough it, it's a tough two great eras of of both countries um you know cricket so mm. that was a toughie that's tough hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And speaking of greats, actually, mate, um, we had uh, Rory Smith on our last episode of the podcast, <laughs> who just is deservedly mentioned in that in you know that sentence with those other players. Uh, now he he obviously was oh, that's someone you came across with your time in Sandwich, isn't it? When you he spoke about the fact that you were the overseas professional there. Uh, this question may have been sent in by him, but he wants to know. <laughs> what it was like to bat with Rory Smith at the Mighty Sandwich Town and how much you learned out of that experience. Jeez. I don't know if we batted that much together. We, <laughs> Wasn't he like 12? He, he, well, he was about 14 or 15. So, yeah. I mean, we got on like a house on fire over there. Um, I had obviously plenty of spare time on my hands and, um, you know, which resulted in playing a lot of, you know, indoor cricket in, you know, my mate's um, house every afternoon so he'd finish school rock up and we'd play flick spin for two hours 
And then, you know, we'd go down to the ground and he'd sidearm to me and we'd train and then, you know, we'd just do that on repeat for pretty much the whole summer. And you're quite critical of your sidearmers too. I know that I've sidearmed to you a few people a few times. And one I've of the worst. You. Yeah, one of the worst. <laughs> one of the worst. Nathan Remington-like sort of release <laughs> kind of over your, over your arm. and From behind the head. From behind, but yes, poor swinger of the ball. No, poor swinger. I just can't swing it. I can't even... You give me Duke's balls sometimes and try and get me to swing them and yeah. they still won't go Horrific. anywhere. Horrific. Yeah, but Rory was handy. Well, he... <laughs> If you've known Rory, he, he loves getting better at things. So if you give him a challenge, That's he's true. definitely, you know, up to get better. So, yeah, he got better by the end. He was, he was very good. Um, I think he's in the house at the moment learning how to play chess, actually. I can see him from here yeah. <laughs> battling Gillum in chess. Yeah, he's no good at chess. <laughs> um but yeah, like I said, so that, that's where our sort of relationship grew. And then, um, you know, we've become very good mates, obviously, since then mm, absolutely very fair and uh he's over here at the moment and loving life that is for sure um now one thing i must say that i'm inspired by manus as like a you know an mc i guess that well you've had experience with my uh, MCing skills for your high reputation in the industry you'd have to say yeah very high very high at my wedding yeah uh, you delivered some absolute cracking punchlines <laughs> um i actually think we we watched that the other day oh really? Beck. yeah we re- re-watched uh sort of all the speeches and um yeah you were very good oh, on review geez. on review you're very even. good yeah because yeah, live, live i got some good feedback but on review you can uh, sometimes well you, you know, can obviously just you know take a little bit of mm. you know and be a bit more critical that's right um yeah. but you know there wasn't too much to be critical of it can show up some errors in uh in the video review but, but uh, that's great to hear so well, i guess yeah. that leads me to um you know i, I think probably public speaking was not always an area that you excelled in i think it's fair to say without offending you no 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 Uh, and uh and what i'm so impressed by is that now when i see you talk on tv it's just unbelievable like the sentences that you string together the the actual way that you speak uh how confident you sound in front is it is this a genuine question is that something that just comes through getting more opportunities to do it or do they actually when you make it to the australian cricket team do they actually take you away and go manus we need you to practice this, mate. Here's a couple of tips for you. Um, there's probably two parts of this question. One, I probably have to thank my wife. Who's <laughs> very her educated, she's a very intelligent woman. She's brought a lot of educated, educatedness. Is that a word? I wouldn't have thought, no. No. That's a good example. You know, obviously, she's brought a lot of... I've learned so much from her. Um with with everything so everything she's doing and and obviously the way she speaks and she's very eloquent um lovely word see yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't have known that i wouldn't have known that you wouldn't have a clue how to that. use that eloquent so she's very eloquent and um i've i've sort of brought that through in into my interviews and stuff like that um but no that there's no one that sits down the part that i've probably learned is it's much easier to talk about cricket something that you know and love than it is to talk about you know my year 12 english assessment about you know to kill a mockingbird right so if someone still asks you to quote shakespeare or something you're gonna struggle well in front of a crowd because i you know i don't know what i'm talking about but you know i don't feel the need to maybe prepare or or something for those things because i just know talking about cricket isn't a it's not a chore it's something that Mm. comes very naturally to me so um, I think luckily, uh, 95% of the time, the only things I'm talking about is cricket. That's true. So, um, 
the other thing that you do amazingly well, better than any person I've seen, is that you can put a word into a sentence that really shouldn't be there <laughs> and be so confident with it that everyone's just like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, true. Very, very well put. Like yeah. there, was, there was one time after you got out at the MCG, um, you, I think you sort of came off and you said, oh, oh it was such a tedious way to get out, you said. And you said it in like a sentence that you just said it so confidently to all these journalists and everyone was just like, yeah, yeah, that's true. And I, I was sitting there going like, tedious that doesn't fit in that sentence it means like boring <laughs> tedious well i think we're talking about when i got hit on the elbow yeah, wasn't it yeah off, yeah off um off colin um yeah yeah I, I can't really remember using that word but <laughs> as in i use that word a lot but obviously as we've just stated not very often in context <laughs> um, but yeah, with that, obviously, you know, tedious. I thought it was. I thought it was a perfect fit. It you just, know, it's a tedious way to fit, get out. It fit in there. You made it fit somehow. I was like sitting there going, like, I had to second guess myself. Like I was sitting there as an English teacher going, Is that, do I do I know the word tedious properly? So it's just you're you're too good at it. You oh, well, that, that's good. So <laughs> if I can keep tricking people into thinking that. Uh, my sentences make sense. That's, yeah. I'll be good for a while. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Well, because often since taking on this podcast, man, I've uh, I've seen you know a lot of people actually talk to me, or they'll they'll email in to the uh, to the we got the chocolates email address, and they'll say, Lee, you say obviously way too much. And, uh, and they're very happy to critique you, which is nice. I've tried to improve that. It's, uh, it's quite nice to get that feedback. So I thought I would um, pass this feedback on to you, something that I felt myself knowing. <laughs> I use that word so much. <laughs> I actually know I use that word yeah. because I've had the same thing. So I always ask our media manager whenever I finish an interview mm. to rate me out of 10 of you know how I did yeah. and maybe to message me a few points that I could improve on. Okay. And... Um, yeah, I've got obviously a few times. <laughs> Stop using obviously. Stop using obviously. Maybe that's where I've got yeah. it from because I was that too much as well. Yeah. And the other one you do that's unbelievable is uh, is as I said before, you say them in a bit, but uh, which is good. Like you usually use it very well. But there was <laughs> there was two interviews I've watched where you were coming off the ground. Uh, and to be fair, just to give some context, you batted for 120 balls or whatever. So you're absolutely gassed in fairness. So we do have to take it with a grain of salt. But um, an interview will come up to you, which must be hard, those interviews, when you literally just want to get off and get a drink. And someone comes up in your grill and goes, Manus, what, what can you say about that innings? And you, and you started with, yeah, as I said before... <laughs> And it was the first word you'd said. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, you haven't said anything. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't work. Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, well, I think, as I said before, uh, <laughs> nah, but you do kind of find yourself repeating a lot of things. Mm. Um, it's because you get asked a lot of the same questions well, as well, isn't it? Exactly. I, I think, you know, you're talking to different people, but they're asking the same questions and you sort of find your way trying to ask, answer the same question in a different way. Mm. And I think that's when you actually get yourself, well, that's where I get myself tangled because I'm like, I feel like I'm just repeating myself. So yeah. I'm just going to try and answer it differently. And then that's when those, you know, words that you just said come in yeah, that make fair. no sense, but <laughs> somehow just... They just sort of fill gaps. Don't yeah, they? exactly. They get them in there. No, that's so fair, actually. Now, man, just because I've dented your confidence a little bit there uh, with, in terms of your speaking. Compliment uh, sandwiches. Yeah. Coming, is that <laughs> what you're saying? Yeah, a couple of negatives now. A couple of negatives. Give me a positive. No, I've got, uh, I've got plenty more positives for you, mate. But I, I actually wanted to ask a, a real question here, I guess. Uh, I love throwing 
advanced with you, but there is something. I, I guess you're just you're such a confident guy. You always seem to me, and I've known you for a long time. You've, you've been confident in just not even just cricket, just all areas of your life. Really, I'm, I'm sort of remember back to your days of uh, how elite you were at just memorising pick up lines and trying those, which is obviously how you got back uh, on board. Just fantastic and a great scalp. Um, so I just sort of look back. I, I wanted to know, like in terms of your cricketing journey, has there ever actually been a time where you've doubted yourself where you've gone oh, I don't actually know if this is if this is going to work for me um, or if you've, you've questioned your ability to succeed I guess definitely um, it, it, it's actually weird you say you say this because I, I was sitting in we we're playing at the MCG probably 2018 2017 I reckon 2017 season the sit there and I actually called um Neil, my coach, and, you know, I was just going on about, you know, oh, man, I just feel like I can't score a run. Like, I couldn't string it together. And, and you know, I felt like, you know, I was sitting there going, man, what am I doing? Like, why can't I get this right? Like, what am I thinking? And um, I actually ended up getting – I missed out the first innings and I ended up getting 100 the second innings. Um, and, and it's amazing what confidence does because I think – you know, all of a sudden you start trusting your ability a little bit more. You start going, righto, now I can play, now I can play. I ended up getting another 100 probably a game or two later mm. um, and going from sort of there to, to actually scoring, you know, 800 and something runs for the Shield season. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting there going like, man, like, surely this is not it. Like, this isn't now it's going to finish. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there is elements of doubt, but... I, I very rarely share those um, course, yeah. as well because, you know, you, you're trying – everyone's under pressure, you know, you're playing professional sport, you know, everyone's feeling the heat. Mm. Um, especially when you haven't scored runs for a while and, yeah, you know, you're struggling. Yeah, you know, there is that doubt, but I think that's where you just got to go. You know, I'm so lucky because I've got uh, a brilliant wife and, and great friends and, and family. So I've got so much stuff to um, – to fall back on yeah. so many great people and, and great advice around me. Um, yeah. And I think sort of through that, you know, you learn, I mean, the element of cricket that no one ever tells you about as a young kid is failure. Like you fail, but like no one tells you like what the journey's going to look like. People say, Oh yeah. You know, you want to play cricket, you know, it's a dream. You want to play for Australia, but no one really shows you, mm what that actually looks like, the the failure, the pressure you go through and what you need to go through to actually get to the top level. Yeah. Um, yeah, so th th there's definitely been, and there's many more. I mean, you know, every innings you go out there, you you, you know, you, I'm sitting away and I'm like, oh, yeah. nervous, you're nervous, you're like, you know, the same this week in the Shield game, you know, you're nervous, you're like, right, oh, what am I going to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you're sitting there and you're like, you know, you're feeling the heat, but you, you just kind of clear your mind and when you actually get out there things fall into place a little bit more yeah no I know I guess that's been like the the big thing for you isn't it like I mean anyone that saw you I mean I've known you since you were the 13 year old leg spinner that played fifth grade but was making adults look stupid then um you know which it's been highly publicized the fact that you, the only thing that was holding you back was that you had little spaghetti arms and um and probably arguably still do at times. <laughs> um, and, uh, and you know, but I sort of, I guess everyone that saw you play like at that age knew that you were a gun, like knew that technically that batting wise and stuff that you, that you were unbelievable. And uh, and I guess like the roadblock for you, the, the knock on you, I guess, would have been that 
you never went on to get massive scores. Is that, is that fair to say? Prior to pretty much this Australian summer, essentially. Um, 100%. No, you're spot on. Um, um, I, I mean, I always felt like I had ability. Um, I always talk about, you know, you, you, you sometimes don't want too much ability because yeah. then you don't work as hard. Yeah, and fair. Um, I felt like I had a, like I, you know, obviously I had enough ability. I, I made, you know, your Queensland age group stuff, but I, I would definitely say I wasn't the star of my age groups by any stretch of the imagination. There was a lot of players um, that, you know, were scoring big runs at a young age and, 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 you know, that were very strong and powerful. I learned valuable lessons as a young kid um, about one getting out because I was never good at it and well some could still argue that I'm still not good at it um but getting out and how to deal with failure and um and also just about batting uh, I think if you don't have a lot of power as a young kid you actually you know the objective of the game hasn't changed you still have to score runs so you have to find ways to score runs and you know when you do have little spaghetti arms and you know back then I was probably 60 kilos and you know it was probably 150 centimetres. <laughs> so, you know, not a lot of power power there, but, you know, you learn the game. Um, and then, you know, obviously, like, like you just said, just said it again, obviously. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, I would have said it 55 <laughs> times already this episode too. But playing fifth grade, you know, I played two seasons of fifth grade and, and you learnt a lot through there. It's about perseverance. It's about everything, you know, piecing everything together Um but yeah, the biggest hurdle for me was the mental hurdle of actually being able to put big scores on the board, and and we talked about that at for Queensland with the coaches there. We talked about it to um, you know, Graham Hick, the the, the batting coach there. You know, they're, they're the things we talked about, and um, I probably take one moment, um, take you back to one moment that 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 I remember was probably a slight difference for me that made a big difference for me was um was last year no it was last year the year before last year yeah. before I went to Glamorgan to play and and we just signed with Glamorgan and you know, I was very excited because I was like you know when I played the last shield game I thought this is it you know that's my season done now I'm back to the chalkboard yeah. you know what am I going to do now um obviously wanting to play in the ashes but you know then it was probably more of a dream than even a reality because yeah. you know I, I sort of knew I was on the fringe of that Australian team I had Warner and Smith they had Warner and Smith come yeah. back and um Neil um my coach um said to me you know he called me and I was sort of you know as I do talking about batting you know oh you know what do you reckon playing in England you know doing this and he's like mate just stop <laughs> just stop like you gotta understand we've you know how to bat the only thing that matters is runs. Yeah. And prior to that, I think at times I was trying to be a very good technician. Like I was trying to bat in a certain way instead of trying to bat to score runs. Yeah. So, and I, I remember that vividly because that, that's when I went, when I went to England, my objective wasn't how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? It was runs is what matters. So figure out what's happening in the game and figure out how to score runs. Doesn't matter what the conditions are. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you're leading on to so many great questions here. I guess you've mentioned Neil twice now. Um, I just wanted to ask, I'm obviously not trying to get you to spray any other coaches you've had or anything like that, but uh, it does fascinate me that, you know, you work 
within the Australian squad, um, within the Australian team, where obviously you've got access to some unbelievable coaches uh, and throughout Queensland squads and stuff as well. I, I just wanted to know what the benefit of you, for you, the benefit of actually having like your own individual sort of coach as well, um, how, how you manage to make that work and, and, and how, whether you continue to see benefits from that, you think? Um, yeah, I think you'd be surprised how many people have maybe a coach or at least a mentor-type person sitting behind them. Yeah, well, um, absolutely. Yeah, that's um, fair. I think there's a fair few players um, that, that that really do – well, I, I know there's a lot of players that do have those people in their corners. Um, the benefits that i found – I mean, I've been working with Neil since 2013-14. So it, it's been a really long journey together, which is really nice now because you kind of – yeah. You, we, we've worked stuff out along the way and we've we've wholesale changed stuff numerous times. We've looked at heaps of different things like diet and stuff like that in the early years. Um, but now it's not as much a technical thing as it is checking in, communicating, talking about where we're going to play, you know, what things we'll deal with and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And it's more someone to bounce ideas off and go, no, nah, I think you're overthinking it, which is... You know, I'm a big thinker of the game. So, you know, to have those people to go, no, mate, like, just relax. Watch the ball, just bat. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, to have him has been a big part. And, and, and you know, there's obviously great coaches in the Australian and Queensland sides. Um, but to have someone that, you know, has got that sort of behind-the-scenes type look, you know, that, that probably is not the guy throwing your balls all the time, yeah, okay. but talking about the game yep. is very important, I think, um, yeah, for younger really players. Cool. Yeah, okay. That's a great message, actually. That's awesome. Um, and I will, because obviously I, I got to hit with your coach, with Neil, as well. Um, I've been out and seen him quite a few times, and he sort of turned me from being a runt that couldn't hit the ball off the square to, to actually being able to contribute some runs in first grade. It's probably not quite as inspiring of a story as yours, but but it's up there. Um, but I, I remember when you first went down, when you talk about that diet thing, just if I could get you to unpack that a little bit more for me. Um, I believe that he actually caught you eating like in excess of 20 Easter eggs in one night from his refrigerator. Yeah, I mean... I don't think for for me I've been lucky because diet's never been an issue for me physically. In terms so, of your body, weight yeah. In terms like of body weight, yeah. which is ninety percent of the time why people change their diet because mm. it changes their physique and then they you know obviously can't perform at their best. Yeah. Now, in my experience, it's exactly it was the exact opposite. It was um, we we sat down. I think there was one night after he sprayed me about you know my diet. I was like, are you joking? So you want to become a professional cricketer? But you got like holes in your socks, <laughs> like your iPad screen's cracked, yeah, okay. your iPhone's cracked, like you got socks that don't even match, and so just your attention to detail, attention to detail, yeah. and and then you know there was a, a whole heap of other things. You know, my diet, I ate everything and anything, and um, you know I had, um, you know I had a caramel latte with three sugars, like that was my coffee of choice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, you can imagine, you know... You've really come a long way with your coffee, by the yeah. way, because now you're like a barista. Yeah, well... Oh. Minus this cafe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, I, I went from, you know, being a... Before before nine o'clock in the morning, I had wheat bix with two tablespoons of sugar and <laughs> a caramel latte with three sugars. Um, it's probably not going to be ideal for your consistency and your mental state. So we looked at those things and... Yeah. 
And then, yeah, well, obviously we addressed them and he, you know, I think I still remember we, we drove through the Macca's drive-thru and I was like, oh, how good, yeah, get us a McFlurry. And he's like, are you joking? This is for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I still remember him eating the McFlurry <laughs> while I was just like, I was like, oh, I'll just have a bottle of water then, mate. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. <laughs> so good. Um, man, one area that you introduced us to, um, our life changed for the better when you brought this game to us, was garage cricket. And since you did, it's actually occupied a fair bit of time on this particular podcast. We've spent quite a bit of time speaking about who's the best at garage cricket, a mate of ours, very good mate, James Baisley, spends a fair bit of time sulking about how low he gets put in the rankings. Um, your thoughts on the garage cricket rankings from obviously the, the game that we've played recently. How, how are you seeing, uh, how are you seeing everyone line up at the moment? So have we, as the official rankings coming well, in statistically? Really, statistically, they Rory released them on the previous episode, uh, which did say Manus, number one batter. Sam Hazlitt, number two batter, after being horrendous early, but then getting bowled some junk in the afternoon. Yeah, I think, I think well, we actually talked about this during the Shield game. Um, obviously, a tricky wicket at the Gabba. Mm. And um, I actually walked past Haz and goes, well, mate, at least... At least it doesn't get harder than garage cricket, mate. So anything we play on now is easier. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, we bowled Tasmania for 78. They um, needed a game of garage cricket before yeah, they played. I'd, <laughs> I'd tell you what, um, yeah, the conditions um, in garage cricket is, is t- tests tests everyone. And, um, you know, I've always been a big advocate of um, any good backyard or garage game Uh is best when it's a low scoring game. <laughs> you know, no, no one wants a flatty. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants a flatty that's, in, that's in garage true. or backyard cricket. No. It's either going to be a dust bowl <laughs> and spin square. Yeah. You've had a few games on Strati where you've made us yeah. play on those conditions. Yeah. And, yep. and, and all it's got to be, you know, fierce pace. You know, I think we've played on the boogie boards before at Strati. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and they're not tough conditions. Up and down, the boards are facing different ways. And then yeah. obviously here is a very tough seeming Just conditions. nibbly, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the best sort of games are those tough games. So, look, we'll have to review Hazard's performance because I thought when the game was at its height of seriousness, yeah, he, you know, my brother-in-law, Matt, Phillips uh, really rock and rolled him yeah, a few times him over. and then he had Baisley as well from around yeah. the wicket which he wasn't appreciated yeah he was very good Baisley was very good from around the wicket Baisley definitely ranked <laughs> but Baisley probably fair to blow up about how low he was ranked I think he did get ranked at like number four or five for bowling and he was one of the tougher bowlers to face oh, he was easily the best say. bowler to face um, yeah. Uh, um, you know, especially on this wicket where pretty much nothing goes over the stumps. <laughs> and my, my other critique of Rory's uh, rankings were that Sam Hazlitt was ranked number two after playing one game. Yeah, but that, that's a high jump. Games. Yeah, that's a high jump. Very that, high that's jump. a high jump. But I mean, it also depends how we're doing the rankings. If we're doing the rankings per, like, per game, so you get sort of a series ranking, mm. then yeah, I, I wouldn't put him that high personally. Yeah. I, I thought... In Person- the afternoon Personally, session, who are you going? Let's put you on the spot. Personally, what's your order? I'm probably going to go with. I don't want to say myself, so well, I'll, I'll take to, myself. Fair, yeah, number one out of it, um, okay, and good. I'll go number two. I thought performed well at the right times. Um, I hate to say it. 
Uh, Rory <laughs> was good. You, you've always Rory's been a big supporter good. of Rory. I, yeah. yeah, but I, I, look, it, it hurts He does me. everything quite well. Bats, it, bowls, yeah. keeps. Yeah. So I, I think he's probably in the top three batters. Okay. Um, the third batting position was tough because mm. I think yourself probably didn't have a great series. No. Um, James had a all right series and, and the likes of Matt had obviously, you know, it was, it was a little bit... I think you put one kind of big score on the board. Um, so it's going to be tough to really put all those. I, I would say Haz would have been you can just in the bottom five. It is, in the bottom you? five. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. We need a really a watertight system here to get these rankings proper. So I'm going to work on that for you, Manus, by the time you get back. Yeah, I'd like that. I okay. appreciate that. Now, um, man, I'm glad that you've come on this episode because we've actually had a few guests on the show now and across all episodes, it may actually surprise you to know that you've featured in them all the time. Like... People always are happy to bring you into them. Charlie Amphrey, Matt Renshaw. Um, so I just, I've got a few uh, you know, topics of conversation here that I just want to give you a chance to set the record straight here. Um, how many of the Harry Potter books have you now got through? Zero. <laughs> I think I still have the copy that Matt Renshaw gave me uh, in the study there. So yeah, zero. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, how are the spelling challenges coming along and is phlegm still the hardest word to spell for new people that you hit with that question? Look, that, that, that's a real trick. It's what I call the trick shot for me. Um, not a great speller, but you learn to spell one really tough word and you catch people napping. Um, yeah, so that, that's one. Um, spelling, yeah, it, look, it's improved severely. Thanks probably to Charlie. Um, we had a lot of spare time, obviously, when you nick off early in county cricket. Um and, and you have a lot of time, you know, you're watching a bit of cricket and, yep. you know, we're sitting there and we're looking around and obviously I'm not allowed to look, so I'm looking down and he's looking at different signs and stuff and coming up with words to spell and uh, I actually got pretty good. Um, well, he by the did end. say that. He said that if there's one thing about you that is impressive, it's that you refuse to be bad at things. So you just oh, actually turned into being quite decent at it. Yeah, I, I turned into being quite decent. Uh, I still got a lot of improvement to do. I think, you know... Obviously, Charlie hasn't been around for the last bit, so I think it might have just dropped off a little bit. Um, so we've got a lot to catch up on in terms of spelling uh, improvements when I, when I get back to Glamorgan. All right, fair. Third story. Is there any truth to the rumour that you did not know that Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> was an actor and ran into a huddle saying, congratulations on the Michelle Pfeiffer? Um, so, uh, very true, very true story. So... Um, it happened in a grade game, and I think it wasn't actually Fulfer. Uh, it was a Michelle Threefer. Oh, no. <laughs> so it was someone, and it was kind of back-to-back wickets. So, you know, um, this particular person, I can't remember exactly who it was, but took back-to-back wickets quite in a, in a, in a thing. And I came into the huddle, and I was like, uh, Michelle Threefer. <laughs> um, obviously having no idea that Michelle Pfeiffer uh, was an actor and – that sorry she was an actor yeah uh and yeah look i've never really lived that down no so that so the joke okay. the joke the joke's still running now you know when when someone gets a three far you know people run in the huddle oh michelle three far so now uh, pretty much now when you take any wicket it's like oh michelle one far michelle yeah. two far so yeah. if you're uh, pleased to know that lives on at your grade <laughs> club at redlands we actually thought we were gonna have you back for a second last weekend it looked like you were you might actually come back and get a game with the, get a game with the boys you actually quite like be serious you quite enjoy that don't you like uh, i've seen plenty of people that obviously have 
great great cricket and probably wouldn't come back but you were actually quite looking forward to it weren't you I mean we got to play garage cricket so that's a good upgrade but 100% um, I, I genuinely do love uh, I love playing cricket in general but you know playing especially you know when you're playing a home game and you know we played a very good side as well um, but yeah in general I love I love coming back and playing great cricket it's um it's a great time it's enjoyment it's fun you know I get to play with you know obviously yourself and and pretty much my best mates um so it, it's nice and and obviously I got to stop <laughs> um and and when you when you're playing so much cricket like uh, it's almost a nice time to actually enjoy you, you almost sit back and just enjoy oh like man I can just enjoy playing at you know your local club or you you know with your mates and stuff it's it's really nice and you know it's just a bit of a different environment and a different feeling um so yeah I genuinely do love coming back it's not uh it's never a chore that's for sure nah, outstanding well there's actually a few uh there's a few Tigers people that uh that remember you actually man um and I've got a couple of questions from them yes so the first question was from Cameron French you know well from your Redlands days yeah. he wants us uh he wanted me to ask you uh to talk us through your second grade hundred <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, for those listeners who do don't know, I, I haven't got uh, a grade hundred in any other grade. Um, <laughs> it just couldn't have worked out bar, much better. Bar, bar first grade, um, and the story really goes: I, I played, I think, five games, five games in second grade before I debuted in first grade, and um, I got in a second innings against Sunshine Coast. I got a ninety-nine. Yeah. Uh, and I actually thought I got a hundred. Right. So I thought I needed three. So I thought I was on ninety. Uh, I thought I was on ninety-seven, and I needed three. So I think I played a lap shot and ran three, and I actually thought I got a hundred. Did you celebrate? No, you no, I didn't celebrate. I was yeah. waiting for the cheer. Yeah. And then it ended up that I got ninety-nine not out. And then oh, the f- not out. Too. Not out. Yeah. So it was the last ball of the game. Oh, so that's why. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then. The game he's referring to was at South. We played against uh, in second grade. First innings, I was going along the game after that game. So it was the next game. And I was on 96 again. And he ran out about three balls before and, like, at a drinks break and, you know, gave me a drink. Didn't say anything. Didn't say what score I was on or anything. It just happened, you know, in the next ball, I got a full toss and played a cover drive and got caught a cover. And full toss. obviously, you know, in grey cricket, there's no scoreboard or anything, so I had no idea. So I'm walking off, sit down, look at the scoreboard. Like, I'm, I'm probably thinking I got about 80-odd, and I'm like, oh, well, yeah. better luck next, ki- next yep. innings. Yep. And I got 96. <laughs> and I'm blowing up, Frenchie. You know, I'm going, <laughs> all right, why don't you tell me? So did he tell you a score? Did he just make up? No. A well, I, I, that's probably that up for debate. He, oh, yeah, I don't. I his think claim. I'll tell you his claim. Because I felt like he might have said you're on eighty yeah, or something. His claim is that he thought you were going to get too nervous being in the nineties, so he told you you you're on eighty. Yeah, and I it think that's it. Backfired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then because I think that's why I was not like shattered when I came off. That's Obviously, I was devastated. I got out. I was like, oh, I got eighty. That's no, not bad. <laughs> But I got 96. Um, yeah, so 
Thanks to Cameron French. Uh, I never really got the opportunity to, to put a big second grade hundred on the board. Okay, fair. And then um, and then Adam Pearson, you might remember oh. quite fondly, one of the more humorous guys. Um, here's a story, mate, about... Now, I know this one will hurt you because there's one thing you do pride oh. yourself on. It here's is your, tennis. It's yes. your table tennis. Because <laughs> I know you do pride yourself on your table tennis ability. Obviously, you've uh, we've played in a few table tennis tournaments and there was one time where I got the better of you and then since then I've been drubbed every time, which continues to hurt me uh, quite significantly. But uh, Adam Pearson, who's a friend of the show, uh, he tells a story about when you actually organised the table tennis competition at Redlands. I hope that's factually correct. Uh, and that you may have potentially been knocked out earlier in the tournament and then managed to give yourself a wild card entry back in the tournament. So, look, I don't know if that's completely factual okay. um i don't think i organized it i think it was a club organized event right. yeah okay um, that's what i was gonna say I, I did get knocked out i think by adam pearson okay by, uh, adam, pearson. by adam pearson before the final and since then and you were essentially the number one or two seed weren't you well i would yeah, like I to think, think so yeah. but i got knocked out you know the pressure got to me i wasn't yeah. a great handler we don't of pressure like to use that then. choking term yeah maybe, but, but yeah definitely kind of um and yeah, you know, my frustration is since then he's vowed to never play me again. <laughs> That's exactly because, what he said. Because he knows I'll cook him. You would dust. And him. then yeah. probably the worst part is is that we also played tennis together a few times. Oh, he's been me in tennis. And tonight. he's he's a real nagging tennis player. Like he's got no real. Like he, he he's him. pretty much. It's like it's like you're playing against a wall. Yeah, he just, he just lobs back. it back up. Correct. And because I'm, you know, I like, you know, I watch, you know, I watch tennis, and you know, I watch, you know, like a Roger Federer, and I'm always trying to like smack it. <laughs> so you know, I'm trying to like emulate, you know, hitting proper lines, trying to hit lines, and I'm obviously hit them wide consistently and whatnot. <laughs> so he always ends up beating me, and uh, you know, it's just it just really frustrates me, and and. We probably need to have a rematch soon because yeah. I think... So he's really just beat you on the back of unforced errors. Yeah, there, is what I'm hearing. which is pretty much how he beat me in table tennis, not on ground strokes. No. Just unforced he's errors. horrific to play against. Yeah. He just literally he's just, a just keeps bunting him. Yeah, he's exactly. a bunter. <laughs> That's right. Look, man, to, uh, to round out this uh, interview, I just thought it might be a nice, uh, nice opportunity to give the listeners a couple of opportunities to know some things about you that they're probably not going to hear elsewhere. Um, I went to place these chocolate bars in sequential order of preference for me. I know you've done this recently, so you should be prepared. You've got Picnic, Cherry Ripe, Boost, and Hazelnut Cadbury. There's one more. There surely is another chocolate you can throw out there. What is that? Okay. What about that one you tried the first time? Chiquito. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Like, like, no well, let's, let's, go, let's go to like, let's go to the problem. No, because you have a favourite that I haven't included here because this was just four that you had on the bench the other day and you yep. somehow turned it into a game. Yeah. Guess my order. <laughs> yeah. But there were, your favourite wasn't included. I think your favourite was... I can't even remember your favourite. All right, let's go. Yeah. So, so I would say... Uh, I I think I had hazelnut at the top, and what was the other one? Uh, you had hazelnut, then there's picnic, cherry ripe, and boost. Cherry ripe is definitely last. Yeah, you had a cherry ripe. Bad chocolate. Stinker. Okay. Bad chocolate. Um, and then I would probably go picnic then boost. Okay. Like uh, I just see something about a boost. It just doesn't. You don't like a boost. I just no. I don't not like it, but like it just if I'm gonna have a chocolate, I. I, I wouldn't go, go to boost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what is actually your one that you that you would want included there? Your number one. <laughs> uh, what's my favorite? Um, 
Uh, look, I, lo- I like a Kit Kat. Yeah, fair. I like a Kit Kat. Nice. But a Crunchy is probably one I grew up on that I always liked as a, as yeah. a kid. Yeah. Uh, and Kit Kats are always in your hotel rooms when you're, you know, in the snack bar. Oh, they really? And yeah, that's their chocolate of choice that's usually. Easy, easy to break yeah. apart. Too, and it's it? easy to kind of manipulate yourself into thinking, oh, well, I'll just have one of the slides <laughs> and then, you know, one. two hours later you have another one. And then Ooh, by the end yeah. of the day, you've eaten the chocolate anyway, so. Yeah, very fair. All four gone. All right, well, man, this is a little bit of a test for you here. Um, now, I want to uh, I want to see how good your memory is. So we're going to start with a couple of easy ones for you. Your Australian test cap number? 455. Correct. Well done. Uh, your Queensland Bulls Sheffield Shield cap number? 490. Jeez, you're pretty good. Uh, Bulls one day cap number. I don't like your chances here. Which I, any idea. I, I never actually got given a proper number when I played one day cricket okay. for Queensland. Really? Uh, so the number... I think we only brought them back this year and I actually looked and I was like, oh, geez, that's my number. Um, so, yeah, n- no idea. Okay, fair. Um, it's actually 163. 163, there you mm, go. There you go. So if you ever get asked that question again. 163, yeah. Um, now, this will test you. Your Redlands Tigers cap number. 636. Oh, my goodness, no, man. that's an easy one. That's good. Your first cap, yeah. First fair. cap. First cap. You never forget that. That's unbelievable, man. I'm impressed. And there. Stephen Moss, 637. Yeah, correct. That's also down here, actually. Uh, and who was before me? Did you all debut in the same game? Or was this me, yeah. yeah. And I remember me and Mossy were talking about it because we debuted in the same game, but alphabetically I was ahead <laughs> of him, him, so I got, him. The, I got the, I got the six, <laughs> and he the got seniority. the seniority. Yeah. Perfect. All right, this one, this one, I'm interested to hear your answer. Um, you can't name yourself. If you had three people stand, stand under a high ball and catch it to save your life, <laughs> who are you taking? Who am I taking? I can pause here if you want to buy some. No, time. no, no. This is this is probably the part you want. Look, it's. <laughs> It's hard to go past Steve Smith. He's got very safe hands. Even under the high ball, he's good. But yeah, I'm going to go with a wicket keeper because he's got gloves. Oh, that's a great call. <laughs> Tim Payne. <laughs> Tim Payne under the high ball. He's the big um, three wicket keepers. Um, I tell you, he's been catching him like, he's a very good catcher just in the sort of recent games. Chris Jordan. That's it. Yeah, Very no, good fair, hands. Very, very, very good hands. Yeah, I like that. That's um, outside the box. So, Smith, Payne, Jordan. I can think of... Trying to think who's a you know a great outfield catcher. Oh, yeah. Like I'm trying to think like who comes interna- into like are we talking internationally yeah, or just any anyone? Any of these guys can save your life. Who else have we seen that a gun outfielders? Um, Maxwell, I guess, were usually look, pretty good. Maxwell, yeah, Maxwell. Actually, it's probably hard to go past Maxwell. Yep. Sam Hazlitt's got pretty safe hands. Yeah, buckets, you know, another buckets Hazlitt. Buckets Hazlitt. He had a he had a good round this week. Yeah, he was. Uh, He's going in the slips. He He's made his right debut. Yeah, debut into the second slip cordon. Have you punted yourself from the slips? You don't seem to be well, getting in I there. Mean, some people would say punted or <laughs> or been uh, punted yeah. by someone else. Yeah. Um, no, nah, but he he was great this week. Yeah, I think he I think he dropped one early. Yeah, he did. I remember and the commentators blowing up about it. Did they? Yeah, but uh, it wasn't it hard. I saw it. it looked nah, it was, it was, it was catchable. Well, I mean, Haz is a pretty great mover. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he got two hands to it. But gee, since then he was flawless. Yeah. yeah. Took two very good, three very good ones actually since then. So, uh, he's pretty good. And the way he caught the ball in the BBL, um, yeah, you know, pretty. You know, uh, there was even talk that if you were playing fantasy, you'd you'd probably get him in your team just for his <laughs> just catching, for his catching. points. <laughs> That's true. And then uh, this one, uh, this one could be an interesting one, mate. Which contact in your phone is guaranteed not to answer the phone the first time you ring them? Because I know you're a big you're a big man for calling rather than texting. You're a horrific yeah. texter. Um, 
fair. Yeah, yeah, very fair, very yeah, fair. More I'm, of a, I'm more of a, I'm more of a well, I mean, I always like to say I like to be in the moment. So you know, if mm. I'm enjoying someone's company, you know, I'm I'm always calling people now back. Be on your and, phone, yeah, 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 and so I think texting is very hard sometimes because you know you're on your phone and you're you're not really engaged in the people around you or, or the people that are with you. Is there anyone you find it hard to get hold of when you actually need them? Anyone that you reckon? Oh, oh James Basley. Horrific. Horrific. Uh, I mean, I the amount of times you try and call him and there's just no answer. No, one of the worst. I mean, then on the contrary, actually, Matt Gillum is one of the greatest answers to the phone of all time. Here we go, I literally mean, less than yeah, one ring yeah, and up. Great. Bang. They're the sort, you know, I mean... Bays, James has been saying for a while his phone's broken, but you know, surely your phone can't be broken for three years. <laughs> he doesn't want to spend the money to get it oh, fixed. Just, oh, <laughs> just like, you know, when it gets to the second ring, he has an answer, you're like, oh, he's not answering it. Yeah, that's no it. Yeah, that's Good stumps. Time. That is stumps yeah. after that. Um, man, is there anything, mate, that uh, we usually give people an opportunity to sort of, I guess, I've, I've managed to grill you a couple of times, <laughs> give you an opportunity at the end of uh, any, any returning of serve, so to speak. I know your tennis is an area you're passionate about anything you want to say to them what the listeners to know look I don't have too much for you um it has been really fun talking to you and and you know it's obviously a bit awkward you know we're obviously very good friends and we've been very good friends for a while so to talk seriously like this yeah it's probably not something we do very often I mean there's a lot of cricket chat that goes around in this household um with the amount of, you know, people and the cricket we talk and... Which and Beck loves also. Yeah, Beck loves cricket. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, it's been great and just, you know, to share and, and talk and uh, just talk a little bit about, um, you know, what's going on. No, nah, mate, it's been absolutely unbelievable, to be honest. And we shouldn't be shocked, obviously, given the practice that you have, but your etiquette with a microphone. Uh, just for those that are listening at home, if you notice Manus fading in and out, he's one of the most gesture-using speakers yeah. I've ever seen. So move the hands a lot. His it's microphone has been doing some serious my seat, my trouble. feet, yeah. So I'm not, not a great uh, sitter, as probably most of my teachers would... <laughs> would say it wasn't a great listener at school and that was and the one knock on the report card yeah well among among knocks. the others yeah, <laughs> among the plenty others um there was plenty of blemishes on my school report cards but well, one of them it's all worked yeah, out now hasn't yeah it? luckily luckily the plan b wasn't really rolling that well <laughs> <laughs> Mars, what do you want to do for a job uh, i'll just take the cricket things no backup plan required nah. Oh, no, thanks. Perfect, Take a man. pass, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, mate. You've been unreal. Thank you so much for coming Thanks, in. Lee. Thank you, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That was our interview, or my interview, I guess, as we've said, with Marnus Labuschagne. Uh, however, the boys obviously contributed some great questions there. Uh, wonderful chat, wonderful man. Obviously headed off to South Africa very soon after that. I just caught up with him just as he was about to go to the airport, so we snuck it in, uh, and we hope that you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed making it. Um, where can people find us as we want them to like like and subscribe ideally uh, to Spotify or Apple Podcasts wherever you choose to listen then we've got plenty of socials that will be around as well yeah absolute cracker that one mate well done there and uh, yeah something we probably need to let all the listeners know out there is that this will be our final episode for season 2 of the We Got The Chocolates podcast we've had we had 15 episodes in season one, yeah. I believe, and yeah. uh, we got a bit carried away in season two, so this will be our <laughs> 20th episode. Probably out two a week uh, for a while. Yeah, yeah, making 35 in total. Um, and I mean, at least for all our listeners out there with OCD, uh, we'll 
keep or kept all those numbers to multiples of five. Yeah, that was a huge yeah, part yeah, of the decision yeah. making because Mitch is very much in the OCD realm. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't. I wasn't going to let it happen on twenty two episodes or anything. So that's sort of why it probably seems a bit a bit sudden. We didn't give you any notice, but yeah. indeed, well, we'll be taking a break after this episode for a couple of weeks, uh, and uh, before getting back into season three as the football season gets back up and running. Uh, don't don't worry though we'll be creating plenty of content putting it on our social media pages uh, so make sure you follow us on, on Facebook and Instagram so you can keep up to date and see all that what we put out also check out the website we got the chocolates.com.au if you haven't seen that already and uh, you can see everything we're doing there from all of our pages uh, another thing to mention uh, that we talked about last episode is to join our NRL and AFL Supercoach Leagues uh, run by the Korean Mail. If you're a Supercoach player, it's getting closer to the season now. Um, so we can talk mm. about your teams on the show. Uh, at the time we are recording, there are still a few spots left in both of those leagues. So oh, are we in, Mitch? You got us in? Uh, I has got us in to be honest you're in there still haven't created a team yeah, yeah. You, don't have your players probably smart there's plenty of players getting injured at the moment so you yeah, need to wait for those yeah, exactly what first, I uh, first teamless Tuesday we'll try harder than that has we promise <laughs> uh, but yeah the, the league codes have been posted on our social media streams but I'll quickly mention them again for the NRL you need the code 113996 and for AFL the league code is 417140 Mm. so uh, yeah finally this would be also be a great chance for you to catch up on any episodes that you haven't seen yet if you've joined us late in the piece there might be a few old ones from season one you haven't seen yet yep. and uh, you know even though a few of those older ones uh, <laughs> may have pretty amateur sound quality and the editing Jeez, editing, I've improved uh, a lot <laughs> probably still isn't at the best but uh, but they're still really good value and they're not too time sensitive so get back and have a listen to those and see what you think absolutely very well summarised Taz yeah impressive Hazzy. Mitch what are you doing over your break uh, hopefully organising some sort of skin stats segment for <laughs> the first time in 12 episodes yeah a bit uh, of merchandise as well I reckon skin off would yeah, be nice yeah, I'm trying, trying to organise listeners that. are crying out for that yeah yeah um, and maybe update the website which probably requires a lot more time than I've given it recently as well so perfect just catch up on a few little projects for you Lethal. outstanding I think we've got yep. a competition coming up very soon oh, so keep it, yeah. an eye out for that comp yeah that's right You'll see, you will definitely hear plenty of us uh, guys we've got plenty of videos coming for you as well um, we will be having a little break as Hazard just said but we'll be back in less than a month uh, so please do continue to liaise with us give us any of your funny stories from the weekend we certainly love speaking about you and we love hearing from you so consider, continue to keep us in the loop please uh, and apart from that I think that's all we've got for you Thank you very much for your dedication across season two and best wishes in the future. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.